0: Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness
1: with your host, Dan Nunn.
0: Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Sorry to miss you yesterday, man. So a uh, little bit of history on, on, I had a uh, very uh, major and invasive back surgery a couple of years ago, and there was some nerve damage that occurred, it, uh, And I'm not saying this, I mean, it happens, stuff happens. They still don't know what caused it, but I had a a compression fracture on L2, and so it had to go. It was completely blocking off my spinal cord. I could not walk, and they um, got me into surgery, and they were able to, fortunately, with today's technology, and I had one of the best surgeons in the country, they were able to fix it. And I don't say this for sympathy, but I, I just, sometimes I'm just not, with the nerve damage that's done, if I sleep wrong or because I had to remove a rib and they had to go in from the side and from the back at the same time, some nerve damage happened when they stretched out those nerves. And sometimes I'm just not in a, in a place where I can, where I can focus in and really, really dive into a show. I, uh, uh, so anyway, I say this, if you see me wince a little bit here and there, um, I didn't want to jump up on the, on the Oxycodone or perks, you know, cause then I can't, then I can't do a show either. I might feel better, but I'm still not going to be in a good frame of mind. So um took some Tylenol and some ibuprofen, and hopefully that takes the edge off. But if you see me wince a little bit here and there, or if I'm moving a little bit uh, differently than usual, that's why. So just, just so you know. And uh, anyway, so that's some background on me, probably more than you wanted to know. So we have, uh, wow, there is a lot going on. We have the federal government, it looks like, is getting ready to get into a uh well, they're in a spitting match right now with the state of Texas regarding the border, and the fact that they won't secure the border, the federal government it, and has left it up to Texas to do it, it's just it, it's pathetic. It's traitorous, it's it's disgusting. It is criminal. I think that what they have done or not done at the southern border, the Biden regime, that I mean they're they've got blood on their hands. People are being human trafficked. The cartels are getting rich. They're making more money from moving people through Mexico than they do through their drug trade. And that's all been facilitated by Joe Biden, who said from day one, come, come. We're going to talk about that, obviously, because that's a hot topic. And it's a very important one. Very important one. We're going to take a look at some of the different angles. Romney, what a sleazeball piece of shit this guy is. And what he's come out and said, some of the Democrats are calling for the Biden administration to administration, Biden regime to federalize the Texas National Guard. I don't think they would listen. And the Supreme Court ruling was a little ambiguous on exactly what it was. And I'm going to talk a little bit about it, what it was not. I also want to take a look at some of Biden's incoherent ramblings. Democrats, I've said it many times, I'll say it again, they are master projectors. You can pretty much say or know that anything they tell you is something that they are have already done, are currently doing, or plan to do. They're trying to blame the border crisis on Trump. Even Romney is getting in on the action, trying to blame it on Trump. The They're trying to say that Trump is, you know, he's not fit mentally, that he has some sort of dementia setting in when we've been watching Biden for the last three years, they're trying to say that if Trump gets in office, he will weaponize the government and Department of Justice to go after political opponents. Um, Excuse me, you've been doing that for seven years and you're still doing it. It's just, they think you're stupid. They seriously think that the American people are dumb and that you're not going to see through the BS, that you're going to just, and and the 33% of the people lowest approval rate in history at this point in the presidency, lower than Jimmy Carter even. The ones that still think he's doing a good job, those 33%, they might believe it. They might lap it up. The political elite and the rest of the Democrats, they don't believe a single word of it. They know it's bullshit, but they will stick together and circle their wagons and get the message out because they're really good at messaging. They'll tell you the, the, the economy is great. I'm going to cover just how great the economy is, just as a reminder, just as a reminder to people what exactly is going on. And then we have another crisis in this country, which is, is now nationwide. It's more prevalent in larger populations, and but not necessarily. I mean, Seattle's not the largest city in the world. Washington's not one of the largest states in the world population-wise. 700 uh, or uh, 7 million or something like that. And yet we have, we're we're number six, I think in the homeless population. And if you go to per capita, we're like number four. So that's where I live is Washington. I have some video that I want to show you. And a a man who's running for governor out here, a true America first patriot that the establishment GOP here, understand that the, the Republican party in Washington state, they're not real they're not really Republicans. they're they're all rhinos. and most of them may as well mo- most of them would be considered Democrats in in many states, the way that they vote and the way that they cave and, the, and as as uh, pathetic as they are. We have a true America first patriot, but oh no, he can't get elected in Washington State, so we need to put this rhino guy in Dave Riker who who is electable. it''s It's, it's bad. But I'm gonna let you hear from Semi Bird and what he has to say about homelessness. I've had him on the show a couple of times. And speaking of, how about that show on uh on on Tuesday with with uh Sean Parnell? Man, love that guy. He's he's willing to come back for round two. So we're gonna do that uh sometime in the next couple of months. It's gonna be pretty cool. And zero in instead of being so broad, we're gonna zero in on just a couple of topics and dive a little bit deeper. This coming uh Monday, we have uh, Eddie Smith of the Patriots Prayer Podcast. Real cool cat. I've been on his show. We support each other as smaller platform creators, but we're both Patriots. We both love this country, and we're both working on getting the message out. Next Tuesday, the Buzz Patterson is going to be on the show, and we're going to talk. Man, well, basically, I'm just going gonna, gonna to introduce him and let him talk for an hour about that because he can tell you some stories. Now, we're going to talk about his involvement working within the Clinton administration, piloting Air Force One and carrying the nuclear football and different things like that, as well as he once called Clinton the, definitely by far, the worst president in history, and Dereliction of Duty is the book that he wrote about it. But I wonder what he thinks now that he's seen three years of Biden. We're going to find out next Tuesday. And the Tuesday after that, we're going to have Joe Kent, an American First Patriot, running for the 3rd Congressional District here in Washington State. And uh, another special forces veteran and also a, uh, a special, uh, uh, I don't know what you call, it, ops person within the CIA for some time. He knows what he's talking about. He's been around. He knows geopolitical stuff. And we're going to cover the gambit on that from the Middle East to Ukraine to the southern border and what's going on there. First, I want to get around to what I think is an extremely important decision right now. And that is... Normally, I mean, the vice president role is kind of usually the president is young enough and nothing's expected to happen to the president while he's in office. And historically, it rarely has. I mean, the only presidents who've died while in office have been assassinated to where the vice president really started to play a role. I mean, look, we have Kamala Harris right now, right? She's obviously not presidential material. She's not qualified and she's not presidential and she would be a horrible leader. But yet, there she is holding the place. Mike Pence, last time around, with with uh, with Trump, same thing. I mean, Mike Pence is not presidential. Period, and he would be a weak, horrible president this time around. I contend that the vice president needs to be somebody who you would want to be president, because you never know. I mean, in in the event that they are that that role needs to be filled, in the event that the vice president needs to become president, even if it's acting for a period of time or permanently. For any number of reasons right now, any number of reasons, including the fact that, you know, President Trump is not a young man anymore. He's not. And things happen. Things can happen to anybody. You can step off the curb and get hit by a bus. But they seem to, uh, the older you get, you know, the odds start to get stacked against you more and more. He could end up in prison. I don't want that to happen, but it's a possibility I don't know if it's likely, but it is possible that there are several things that could end up happening. So whoever he picks as vice president, I think he needs to do it soon. So that person is on the ticket from the get-go in in case something does happen. But uh, whoever that person is, people think very carefully. People throwing out names like uh, Ben Carson, as great as a guy as he is, as cool as and as good of a person as he is, that's the problem. He's I think he's almost too good. He's too nice. He's too nice. He's not presidential. He's not a world leader. Okay? So get that out of your mind. Marjorie Taylor Greene, give me a break. Really? I've said, oh, yeah, MTG could be vice president. No, she can't. She's not qualified. She would she would be an absolute disaster. Okay? not And not that she's not a good congressperson. And now that she's not valuable and filling a great role with what she's been doing for the conservative movement where she's at and the America First movement where she's at, she has been. Presidential? Come on. Let's get let's get real here. Uh, Carrie Lake is another name that people throw out. And, you know, I think that's intriguing. I like Carrie Lake, but I really don't see them pulling her away from the Senate race she's in as long as she continues to lead in the polls because that seat is just... It's just too important, uh, Zeldin. That's a that's a possibility. A name that's come up. Tim Scott, no. I, I just in, in my estimation, in my opinion, again, simply not presidential or qualified. I don't. I, I think he could probably hold the position, but it would be just that. It would be somebody holding it until the next election when somebody else would come in, similar to what Ford did after Nixon. So. uh so a lot of thought needs to be put into this. Now, to me, the dream team for vice president would be Trump and Vivek. That ticket would be incredible. Vivek would he he can they balance each other out. They really do. Okay. Trump is the is the leader and the statesman and and the he has the, the MAGA base and all that. Vivek brings in a balanced approach and he can explain things and articulate things to especially to a younger demographic. And reach many more of those people than Trump than Trump does. I mean that that's just the way it is. Unfortunately, from what I've seen and read, they're they're not quite on the same page. Vivek's been asked a couple of different times if he would accept a, a vice president position. If if Trump asked him to be vice president, would he consider it? And this is uh, this is his most recent response. And I'm going to play this, and then I'll. I'll, I'll kind of dive into why, while I think it would be the dream team and I think they would be unstoppable, I, I, I used to call it not that long ago and, and still do, I guess. Um, not make America great again, but with those two, it would be make America invincible. Could you imagine Donald Trump for four years and Vivek Ramaswamy for eight years after that? Uh, this is what Vivek had to say when he asked about vice president. Check it out. <sighs> I'm not going to cater to anybody. And actually, speaking of which, to bring to our first topic of vice president, that would be when when I was talking about alignment with Trump. If he asked me to be vice president, we'd have to have a sit down conversation about are you actually are we serious about, about shutting the down these agencies? Because if so, I'm, I don't think anybody's going to do that and get that done better than me. If part of the goal is it's a little bit you know not the direction we want to go, but we want to point some you know figureheads on top of different agencies to go try to reform it. That's cool, but that's, that's not what you There's, to there. there's other ways to, for me to drive change in this country, and I'll wish you well and be as supportive as I can, but that's not how I'm going to drive change. So when I was talking. And, and Vivek Ramaswamy, he will support Donald Trump, his presidency, and the America First movement in the best way that he thinks he can. And if he, it, like he said, and, and they're, they're, a little, they're a part on this, this is a conversation that would definitely need to be had if the opportunity was ever even a possibility, and we don't know that it is or not. There'll be plenty of rumors between now and the time that Trump does announce his vice president uh, candidate. And, and that's what they're going to be up until it actually happens, are rumors, okay? Because even if he has revealed to people who he's going to pick, there's still, there's a lot of time left to make adjustment and to change change their mind. But But you see, Vivek, he wants to get rid of the FBI. He wants to get rid of the department, not not rebuild them, not reform them, get rid of them. The FBI, the CDC, the Department of Education, the ATF, out. And then their responsibilities would be absorbed into other departments because there's too much duplicity that's gone on, which creates a ton of waste. We've built a massive bureaucracy. Whereas Trump has talked about reforming and, you know, Cleaning out and reforming and putting new heads in place and that sort of thing, and asmavet you just saw him say that's not his thing. Look, man, if you want if you want to dis- demolish these agencies and dismantle them and get rid of them, I'm your guy. Nobody can do it better than me. If if your if your goal is to just kind of reform them and put new figureheads in place and this and that, um, you know, there's other people I could be more valuable to you and to the America First Movement in other places. And so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. People have tossed out the, you know, maybe DeSantis, maybe that bridge has not been completely burned. Maybe they can, um, maybe they can somehow work together again. And I, that's a scenario I just don't see happening. Donald Trump is all about loyalty and DeSantis continues to put his foot in his mouth. He's still saying, that Trump has a lot of legal problems and da, 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 da. shut up, dude. You're not running for president anymore. Be a team player and just be quiet, as uh, as Maveka said. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> At a certain point, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, DeSantis, shut the fuck up, because you're not helping the team. You don't have to like your teammates, but the goal of winning should be the same. It doesn't matter whether you're on a sporting field of play or if it's in politics or if it's in business. You don't necessarily have to like who you are aligned with, but you're on the same team. That's why Democrats have been able to do what they do is because it doesn't. they don't all agree with each other, but at the end of the day, they will get in lockstep and go forward with a singular purpose and a singular message something that the Republican party has been unable to do for years that's why we're losing it's not because of Trump it's not it's because of the 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 fracturing within the party the rhinos and the they're just it's they can't just commit to getting on the same page nancy pelosi ruled her democrats when she was speaker of the house with an iron fist and at the end of the day they got in line lockstep and did whatever nancy told them to do and voted however nancy told them to vote you don't see that in the republican party and uh and it's too bad it's too bad especially since we have a majority in the house and not really a lot a lot of investigating has got done which has its own value i mean it gets it gets information out there in front of people it gets You know, it it makes people more aware and it brings things to light that otherwise would not have. Speaking of, Peter Navarro was sentenced to four months in, in prison for contempt of Congress when the J6 committee called him up and he refused to testify. That's what I'm talking about. That's what the Democrats did with the help of two complete rhinos. They're not even rhinos, man. These people are commies. Adam Kissinger and Liz uh, Cheney, they are absolute. They're they're not. They're not conservatives. They're not. They're not. Okay. They're they're like George Bushes. And if if the the the, the Uniparty, they would love to have. They could have George Bush and Barack Obama just alternate every other election cycle and continue the fun and games that they're used to and the control that they're used to. They would love it. See, it doesn't matter what party is as long as it's beholden to the deep state. You don't get that with Donald Trump. You don't get that with Ramaswamy. That is why they're opposed. I would go as far as to say the next vice president, the vice president, whoever's chosen for the vice president, needs to be somebody that the uniparty, the legacy media, and the deep state oppose on policy issues just as much as they oppose Donald Trump. Well, Dan, we need... No, man, we need a, we need someone in there that can bridge the gap. We need someone in there that can, that can talk with Congress. We need someone in there that can... No, bullshit, bullshit. Definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. It's an old cliche, but it's so true. So no, we don't need somebody there that can communicate with the deep state. We need somebody there who can dismantle the deep state. And here's an idea. Here's an idea. What if... You didn't bring the Vake in as VP or for that matter, any position in the administration that required confirmation from Congress. What if you brought him in as demolition man? A czar, the demolition czar. And his job was to come in and cut 75% out of the bureaucracy to in an advisory role. Obviously, he wouldn't be confirmed, so he couldn't just do it, but he could create the plan and then they could have someone in the administration execute it. Something to think about. And and then he's not locked in for four years either. But he could work very closely with Trump and other departments to get things done. And then at the end of the day, he could could walk out and campaign with other candidates in the midterms, for instance. Maybe he could help out in the midterms with a lot of people. There's a lot of ways I think that Vivek can be very uh, useful and very powerful to the America First movement. I believe he's the real deal. I've told you that before but uh again the uh the VP pick this year is is probably as important or more important than it ever has been and so think carefully when you start throwing out ridiculous names like uh Marjorie Taylor Greene or um or Ben Carson or you know Tim Scott I mean come on that's just not start thinking bigger think bigger than that and 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 imagine who 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 do you want to be president? If it weren't Trump, if Trump were not a a candidate, if he weren't in the race, if he if he wasn't able to participate, who do you want to be president? Because that's who ne- needs to be picked for vice president, just in case. Just in case. Man, a lot of strange 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 things have happened, you know. You never you never know what might happen. Texas is holding the line. I am, oh man! Excuse me for a minute. I've been, I haven't showed a lot of video yet. So, in fact, I haven't showed any. Well, I showed the the vague one. Hang on. All right, a little bit better. Oh. See, there's the wince, the nerve pain. Anyway, um, Texas is holding the line, and I am. I, I, when when Sean Parnell was on Tuesday, it it was all just going down. The Supreme Court ruling had just come down that day, that morning and we didn't know we were going to talk about it, but it ended up being a topic. We we spoke briefly about it. And and Sean said, man, Texas needs to hold the line. This is not a choice. The Biden regime needs to be stood up to. And we had that conversation and thank God. And, and you know, thank you, Paxson and, and, and Abbott for holding the line down there in Texas and standing up to this tyrannical Biden regime that thinks they can just do whatever they want. They're ignoring the Supreme Court The very same day that the ruling came down, Texas National Guard continued putting up concertina wire. They continued putting up containers. The National Guard continued marching and deploying to the southwest border around the Eagle Pass area in Texas. And they're not messing around. These people are in riot gear. They're in full BDUs. They're going down there to do business. They're going down there with a mission, and with a job. And that is to do what the Biden regime refuses to do, and that's seal and close the border. They're protecting themselves. They're providing a defense for their state because the federal government refuses to. And uh, you have Democrats freaking out, of course, because they're ignoring a Supreme Court order. Here's an interesting thing about the Supreme Court order. What it said was, is that the Border Patrol is allowed to go in and remove the concertina wire. It's very specific. What it did not say was that the Texas National Guard had to stop erecting it or deploying it. So the Texas National Guard can continue to deploy, and I guarantee you they're going to deploy wire faster than the Border Patrol can remove it. So Texas is doing nothing wrong. They're not violating what the Supreme Court told them to do. The Supreme Court ruling was very specific that the Border Patrol could go in and remove barriers. No part of the order said that Texas had to stop deploying barriers. How about that? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens as this unfolds. Of course, uh, and, and they're, here they are, they're continuing the construction, they're putting up containers uh, butt to butt and then they're putting the concertina wire on top of the containers and building what i would think is a very effective barrier because if you try to climb over that container and then go through that wire plus they're hat they have the, the, national, the texas national guard is deployed along the entire area so even if you could climb the container which isn't that hard, a little ladder step ladder will get you up there climb the container and then get through the wire. And then I hope they have wire on the ground on the Texas side as well on the US side. So they can't just jump off the container. If they do, they're gonna get all tangled up in this. And this stuff hurts, man. I've been around a little bit of barbed wire and razor wire and concertina wire in my life. And I'm telling you, you don't want to you don't want to play with that stuff. It's not, it's not fun. Of course the Democrats are freaking out. They're saying, oh, we need to federalize the Texas National Guard. This was done once in American history, by the way not with Texas, with Arkansas, I believe, and um, completely different situation entirely. And I, again, to go back just a couple of minutes, the Supreme Court did not rule that Texas does not have the right to secure its border or the right to put up barriers to stop people from coming in. It said the Border Patrol could go in and remove barriers. So there you go. And we're going to see what happens. Of course, a couple of radical Democrats in Congress, some of these extreme commie Democrats, uh, Jacqueline Castro, perfectly fitting last name. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott is using the Texas National Guard to obstruct and create chaos at the border. See, this is the old flipperoo. This is the the projection that they do. It's the Republicans' fault that there's chaos at the border. It's Trump's fault there's chaos at the border. See what they do? They, they, They... they take the exact thing they're doing and say that someone else is doing it. He says, if Abbott is defined yesterday's Supreme court ruling, POTUS needs to establish sole federal control of the Texas national guard. Uh, Congressman Greg, uh, uh, I'm not, I'm probably not going to, I'm probably not going to pronounce this name, right? Casser, Cesar, Caesar. I don't know. He says, I, he responded, I agree with Jacqueline Castro. If Abbott is defying yesterday's Supreme court ruling, uh, POTUS needs to establish sole federal control. As a, But as I said, again, they're not defying the ruling. They're simply continuing to put up barriers. And they're allowed that because that was not unallowed or disqualified in the ruling. Karine Jean-Pierre had this to say regarding calls for the Biden regime to federalize the Texas National Guard. This is what she said. Democrats are saying the president needs to federalize
2: uh the texas national guard so that's something that could happen i mean look i'll say this Uh, you know the border patrol agents are now as you said allowed to cut through the wire because of what the supreme court has laid out it's it's unfortunate that we had to go there. It's unfortunate that there is a governor in Texas, Governor Abbott, who has politicized this issue of what's happening on the border. And it's not making people's lives safer. It's actually making it harder for law enforcement at the, at the border to do their job. And so we have been very clear. We want to make sure we get something done at the border. That's why we've been having these conversations with Senate Republicans and Democrats for the past several weeks to come up with a bipartisan agreement right. to deal
0: with the border. A bipartisan agreement to deal with the border that involves complete amnesty for everybody already here, 5,000 people a day coming in, that's over 150,000 people a month, and increased processing capacity at all border locations. That's their solution. That's why Republicans must, must deny it must not allow that to happen. Their idea of compromise is not compromise at all. And she wants to talk about the safety of these people. How about the safety of them traveling from all over the fucking world to come to our border, coming across Canada at the hands of the cartels, children being raped and human traffic, all the godaways that are coming in, all the drugs that are coming in because the Biden regime is allowed to open border. is bullshit. I'm sorry. I'm pissed. I'm pissed off that we have a, regime in place and, and people don't give a damn about you or any of the people coming across. You want to keep these people safe? Shut the freaking border so that they don't have to make the dangerous track and be human trafficked into this country. The Biden regime is human trafficking millions of people. Eight million since he came in. Some estimates with all the Godaways as high as 14 or 15 million of the entire population of the United States. If you replace the population of the United States with enough people, you no longer have a country. If you replace your culture with people from other places quickly enough, you will lose your identity. You just will. Canada already has with the CCP and the massive Chinese immigration that has happened up there, taking over all their businesses, all their cities, and the government. So it's these people, again, they don't care. And, And she talks about the safety of the migrants. They're not migrants. They're illegal aliens. They're not fleeing climate change. Most of them are not fleeing oppressive regimes. They're just coming here looking for a better life. Some of them, and that's fine. Some of them are coming here looking for a better opportunity to screw people and to commit crime. I would say quite a few of them are coming here for that purpose. Here's the states that are standing with Texas. They come out. Uh, these states have helped with uh, finances, with materials, with personnel to help secure the border down there. Arkansas, Florida, Iowa, Idaho, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. That's 14 states. These are ones that have deployed personnel and resources demonstrating their support for Texas border security efforts under Operation Lone Star over the past month. Additionally, additionally, another 9 states have come out verbally to support 24 states what Texas is doing and to object to the absolute criminal. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. If it's going to allow the president of the United States, the federal government, the Biden regime, it's just allowing people to flow into the country. Hey, but they want, they've been talking about a plan since day one. And this was it. And I also
2: want to remind folks who are watching that on the first day of this president's administration, he introduced a comprehensive immigration plan because he understood and knew, right, as many of us do, that immigration system had been broken for decades and we needed to
0: actually deal with it in a late they try to say that this is something new. They're trying to say that, oh, wow, this is just something that's happening. No, <laughs> this, this has been going, 300,000 people a month, man, when... Trump was president. That was an entire year. It's never been this high, not even close. This is not something that's been going on for decades. They want complete amnesty they're they but knows how they never knows how she just always goes out there and says, we just putting out a comprehensive immigration plan and you know, and the Republicans they just won't they will not approve of it. It's their fault. You know what their plan is? their comprehensive immigration plan that Biden put out on day one, complete amnesty for the millions of illegals already in the country, including all the anchor babies and a wide open border with hundreds of millions of dollars spent to hire more processing people create more processing facilities so we could process people faster into this country. That was their plan. Their plan had no limitations on how many people can come in. None. If 10 million people could get here and get across the border and they could process them, they would let them in every single month. No limits, no effort to secure the border. The Biden regime is making the Mexican cartels wealthy. I said it at the top of the hour. The cartels in Mexico are making more money, human trafficking people through Mexico into the United States than they do through their drug trade. Drug trade is another issue. Leading cause of death of Americans between the ages of 18 and 45. The majority of it comes through Mexico. It's manufactured in Mexico and trafficked up here through Mexico. The ingredients come from China. So, again, what the Biden administration is doing here is absolutely criminal. Deucey had a question about the Godaways. Do we even, are, you know, does he care? Are we going to find them? He asked, Kareem Trump, yeah, your favorite press secretary and mine. Bitch. Thank you. Uh, there are about 800 gotaways at the border every day, 96,000 since October 1st. Does President Biden want to locate these folks who have disappeared into this country to parts unknown?
2: So here's what I will say is that, um, the president, one of the reasons that the president is having these negotiation procedures or process with the Senate, uh, with both Republicans uh, and Democrat, as I've said many times before, is because we want to deal with what's going on at the border. No, they don't. He's taken this very seriously. No, they're not. Um, he's uh, He wants to make sure that we come up with a bipartisan agreement. And we are very uh, appreciative uh, for that. But There's also the diplomatic aspect of it, of making sure that we're having uh, conversations with Mexico. And we have had and we've had productive conversations with them. And DHS is maximizing. They are maximizing its enforcement efforts.
0: Yeah. You know what? Um, that's all a lie. You know what? You want to make Mexico do something. Tell them, look, you put the military on your border and stop the flood of humanity that's coming across it. Or we're going to place a 20% tariff on every single product that comes out of your country. So what Trump did. And guess what? Guess what? Mexico got off their ass and stop the tide of humans coming across the border. But see, the Biden regime is weak. They're going to give them money. The The Mexican government wants, it's what they want. They want like $80 million for migrants to take care of them, for, for Central American uh, countries. They want us to lift all sanctions against Venezuela and stop the blockade on Cuba, amongst other things. And the Biden administration will cave if they're allowed to. Here's Kirby now, do we have a, border? We have a southern
2: up. border? Do we have a what? Do we have a southern border? Yes, ma'am. Of course we then do. Then how come people can flow across it every single day? We Hundreds and thousands very... of people over the court. Three hundred thousand people in December.
0: We're working very hard to. Look, this shit's been going on for three years. Over two million people a year for three years. They haven't worked on it at all. But now that. The polls are saying in America, public is finally waking up a little bit about what's going on and being loud enough about it. Oh, it's very important to us. We've been working on it. We want to do a bipartisan thing again. Their bipartisan thing includes allowing 5,000 a day to come across us, 150,000 plus a month. No, what we need is a 100% moratorium period for anybody who's not already in process, if you're not already in process. Nobody from anywhere in the world across any border in any way whatsoever comes in until we figure this shit out. 100% moratorium on all immigration. That's what needs to happen.
2: Try to fix that, Martha. That's why we need congressional action. That's why the president asked for additional funding. Congress is more
0: than $6 billion in the supplemental to try. Why does he want $6 billion? Oh, to increase processing capacity. This is Congress's fault. It's not the regime's fault.
2: To get border yeah. security enhanced, I mean, I think we, I, you and I are obviously not going to see uh, the, the policy solutions the same way, and I respect that. Well, I'm just that. looking for but results. The idea, I'm saying if, if idea, you're concerned about the number of people we, crossing, you're not getting results. The idea so at some that point you have to say, we've got to do something different. Well, the idea that we haven't looked at this and tried to work on this and trying to work in, in concert with, with Congress is just not true. We are. This is a complicated issue, and it's going to require a real team approach, not just from the executive branch, but from the legislative branch.
0: It's not complicated. Deploy troops on the southern border. Build a wall. Stop telling people they can come. If you stop allowing them in, they will stop coming. It's not like they have to come here. they are come here because they know there's going to be allowed in. You stop allowing them in and they will stop coming. Problem solved. It's not that fucking hard. (laughs) Good grief. And with with uh, people on your own team like this guy, who needs enemies? I mean, when you got Romney, who needs Democrats? Listen to this schmarmy pos. I mean, yeah. check it out. Oh, I, I think I think the border is a very important issue for uh, Donald Trump, uh, and the fact that he would communicate to uh, Republican senators and Congresspeople that he doesn't want us to solve the border problem because he wants to blame uh, Biden for it is uh, is really appalling. But the, but the reality is that, that uh, we have a crisis at the border. The American people are suffering as a result of uh, what's happening at the border. Uh, and someone running for president ought to try and get the, the you know the problem solved as opposed to saying, hey, save that problem. Don't solve it. Uh, let me take credit for solving it later. What a um, load of shit. Yeah, It is a load of shit. Thank you, Clint, for pointing that out. It's a, it's a complete load of shit. This guy, he's sitting there saying that it's Trump's fault. That's basically what Romney just said. Biden's been in office for three years. Numbers are... more than what they were under Trump. And yet it's Trump's fault because he wants Biden to look bad. Um, The Biden administration could stop this at any time they decided to. But when you have people like this that can't even put a sentence together. What are you going to do? Check this out. This was, uh, this was Biden day before yesterday, and then I've got one from uh, or Biden yesterday, and then I got one from him from today. But uh, here's one. I'm not sure. If, I need a translator. I, I, he's talking about women and, and voting and somehow, but I don't think the message came across. We'll teach Donald Trump an, a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. What? Then we had this this morning. Uh he's I, I don't know if he was drinking this beer or if he's talking about beer but he's at a brewery and um man people man stop 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 encouraging this man. It's like the people who encourage the insanity of some of the the uh, the gender stuff that's going around and that sort of thing. But um this was this was earlier today. It, it, unbelievable. Uh again what the fuck is he saying? Beer brewed here. <laughs> it is used to make the brew beer. in <laughs> this final, oh Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. <laughs> and then they laugh again. One more time. Beer brewed here. <laughs> it is used to make the brew beer. in <laughs> this final, oh Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. And then he he covers up his faux pas with a little joke. And then this was. Uh, 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 day before yesterday this was um um <laughs> so what's going on is he got interrupted like 13 times during the speech that he gave by pro-hamas protesters that want him to force peace in the middle east as if he could force anything he can't even force the thought out of his head but um yeah. So anyway, they kept interrupting his speech, and every time they would, all his supporters would start shouting, four more years!" Four. So basically, you had this shouting match going on between the protesters and the supporters, and Biden's just sitting there, looking like a complete fool. Check this out. Four more years. Four more years. Four more years. Watch him. Like, where am I? The protesters are still screaming in the background. So they're having this big shouting match. And Biden's like... If you're just listening on the, on the podcast, you're not watching this. you got to go watch this. This goes on for like three minutes. And Biden's just standing there. I mean, he's he's behind the podium. All the cameras are on him. <laughs> Fuck. So pathetic. I'm going to go uh, through the economy here real quick and, and just their projection that they're doing, and then we'll move on. The border is an extremely important topic. Socialized Vice Presidency. I did want to, I mentioned earlier today, Peter Navarro was sentenced to four months in prison for uh, contempt of Congress. Yet Hunter Biden, again, there's just no no unity in the Republican Party. They're just doing nothing. Allowing Hunter to get away with his bullshit. Kamala Harris projecting on, on, uh, well, the economy and how great it is. Because they keep telling us how great it is, right? I'm still not feeling it.
2: We have a... a... We have historic accomplishments in terms of the economy, what we've done to move forward. It's science, technology and investment in the American workforce, growing the American workforce, rising wages, bringing down prices. Historic work has happened. No question. It is incumbent on us to let people know who brung it to them, frankly.
0: Who brung it to them? Let people know who brung it to them?
1: Poor hubby. Poor hubby. Nah.
0: At least she can laugh at herself. I'll give her that much. Hey, um, look, the economy is not good. All right. Real wages are down still over 2.5% since Biden took office. Fuel is up over 50% since he took office. Average prices are up 17% since he took office. They are trying to spin it, well, but things are getting better than they were when they were the worst. Yes, but they're still worse than when you took off took office. So the question is, are people better off now than they were under Trump? The answer is an emphatic no. They're not. And uh again, She's sitting there saying that things are great, that you know employment numbers are up and inflation is down and, and yada, 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 as Seinfeld would say. It's just not the case. It's simply not the case. I got some statistics for you, and I'm going to bring them up. This came from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. It's where I dug up all this information. It's not hard to find. Anybody can. The, the leftists, you start debating with them somewhere on social or whatnot. They're like, they don't want to know. They won't even do the barest research. And then they try to deflect. Well, where's your link to this information? Well, it says right on the chart where it came from, and you're welcome to to go find it. I'm not going to do your fucking homework. You can stay willfully ignorant if you want. Sad way to go through life. In fact, what do you say, Dean Wormer? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Yeah, that's right. He's talking to the liberals out there. (laughs) Check this out. Job growth today is the slowest it's been since 2010. I've gone through this before. If you look at the act, they're going to try to, we've created 14 million jobs, bullshit. Uh, You let people come back to work. If you look at the employment numbers pre-COVID and to post-COVID and you, you linear it out, job growth is slower now than it has been since 2010 a smaller percentage of the u.s population is working now than they were in 2019 workforce participation is lower now than it was in 2019 real wages are down this uh this information i, I made this up uh back in december real wages are down uh i'm gonna correct that. It's not three percent it's more like 2.7 percent now since biden took office consumer prices are up that's still static, that's still accurate. Uh, Groceries are over 23% higher since 2020. Energy and fuel prices are up 50% since 2020. The average household is spending $11,000 more per year just to get by since Biden took office. Yeah, the economy's great. U.S. is supporting two wars globally, and we're getting into a third in the Middle East as that escalates because it's naturally going to escalate. They want it to escalate. Some Republicans wanted to escalate, including, you know, your your favorite war hawk in mine, uh, Lindsey Graham. He's been itching for war with Iran for, for for decades. Nearly eight million people have illegally come across the southern border since Biden took office. Let's take a look at job growth. Here's what I was telling you about. You see that red line? Uh, this is the chart of job growth. Rates, because all right, as population increases and whatnot, you're going to have job growth every year, okay? And you can see that dip. Of course, that was the crash in in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. But if you look at this red line, jobs have grown pretty steadily every single year. And then you see where COVID hit, where you have the massive drop, massive drop there, and then you see where we're at today. The fact is that job growth, see how that line is much slower? Job growth is slower now than it has been since 2010. Uh, Labor force participation rate is lower now than when Trump was president. When Trump was president, uh, 63.4% was the labor participation rate. And right now we're at uh, 62%. So the labor participation rate is the labor force, the the percentage of people that are actually in the labor force or job eligible is less now than it was when Trump was president. A lower percentage of the population overall is working now than when Trump was president. So the population overall, it was at uh, 64% when Trump was president, and now it is at 60%. So, Oh, excuse me. Let me correct myself. I don't want to put out bad information. Uh, When Trump was president, when he left office, the the percentage of the U.S. population that was working was 61%, and now it's 60. So again, fewer people are working now than they were as a percentage of the population and as a percentage of the workforce than when Trump was president. And the job growth rate is slower than it's been since 2010. So those are the real numbers we already talked about real wages. We already talked about grocery prices up. These are important things. Anyway, I wanted, I did want to dive into the to the homeless situation. I need to do a uh, an extended episode on just this topic because it's a major major issue. Do you know, uh, six hundred sixty thousand homeless people in the United States in twenty twenty three? That's up twelve percent from twenty twenty two. So again that's increasing you have migrants laying around in airports too and on and, and and this is not going to help the issue these homeless people man you can't just give them housing that's what we're doing in Washington state we keep dumping tens of millions of dollars into this thing spending like 80 grand per homeless person to try to house them Without fixing the problem, man. So what? You put an addict, you take him off the streets, and you put the addict in the house. They're still an addict. Semi Bird is running for Washington here. In uh, excuse me, Semi Bird is running for governor here in Washington State. This is his solution. They're at a homeless camp. Jonathan Show is interviewing him. He's a local activist journalist. I mean, he's in the field every day. This guy, he goes down in the trenches. And he he is is a badass. I'd like to have him on the show someday. He doesn't really do shows, but I might be able to get on for a segment. Or I might be able to go in the field with him for a day and get an on-site scene of what what he sees on a regular basis. He explores the crime in downtown. He explores uh, the Antifa and the BLM stuff. He was big looking into that. And he follows the homeless crisis very closely here in the Northwest and in Seattle in particular. And uh, he he talked with Semi Bird at one of the encampments. Semi has
1: some ideas, and I agree with him. Check it out. So do you feel like your policies, if you become governor, are you going to require mandates for treatment? 100 percent. 100 percent. Because, again, we have to save them. It's not a matter of a physical structure. It's them. It's the people. It's our brothers and sisters who are dying. What do you say to the activist class or even the politicians who say it's more important to maintain free will choice? Obviously, they're against intervention. They're against, you know, forced treatment. What do you say to them? Here's what I will say. I love my nephew. Um, we had resources. We could give him anything. Dominic would come over to the house, and we would have to worry, did Dominic take something to sell to pay for his drug? So Dominic had all the support he needed, but it was the addiction that captured him. And so we could either become complicit In that darkness, or we can get them free from that darkness and bring them into the light. Bringing them into the light requires them to get clean. That is what needs to happen. So you give them a house, you think you're helping them, but you're not. You're complicit in their eventual death. Because giving them needles or giving them resources on the street, a sleeping bag or a tent, they are eventually going to die out here.
0: And not only that, there are the things that go on in these homeless encampments, there are assaults happening. There are women being raped. There is drug use, rampant crime to support the drug habits. And when it's just allowed to fester like this without addressing the real problem, semi has a, he has an idea as part of his plan, his platform. And I talked with him about it on the show when he was on is to mobilize the National Guard here in the state. This could be a model for other states. Mobilize the National Guard. They can put up cities. They do it. They do this all around the world. Our military does. They can go in, set up basically a full city with uh, health services, with housing, with with you know food. They're basically little cities. Set these up on federal land, contain, force these people in. There's an intake process where you interview people, where you talk to them, you get them treatment, you get them evaluated, you get them treatment, whether they want it or not. Dry them up, give them job training and job placement. I mean, again, doing the same, continuing to throw money at a problem and putting the homeless people into housing without addressing the underlying root causes does no good whatsoever Back to what I said earlier in the show, insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. It's an old cliche, I know. But it's still true. It's still true. This is what's going on in Seattle. This is down in our, uh, down in our stadium district. Uh, we call it Soto. This is toward the, our baseball stadiums and football stadiums. And they clean it up every once in a while. I think they've cleaned it up uh, you know, maybe a dozen times. When the All-Star Game, you can see our stadium in the background there, our football stadium. Um, and the baseball stadium is right next to it. When the All-Star Game was coming to Seattle, they cleaned this up like that, man. They had people down there. They cleared out everybody. They cleaned up all the trash and all the garbage so that the city wouldn't look bad. To the national audience when they came here for the all-star game not unlike what gavin newsom did down in san francisco when xi jinping was coming in to visit him they cleaned up everything to make it all pretty so it shows you they can clean it up and they can do it quickly if they want to but the, unless the people are brought somewhere where they can rehabilitate where they can learn to function again where they can get meaning in life again where they can start to feel valuable again where they can start to feel good about themselves again somehow they just come back as soon as they're allowed to or they'll just go somewhere else and the problem doesn't go away. you know so you've got to you've got to address that um, and it's just sad it's just sad. Anyway, hey, thanks for watching. If you've just been listening on one of the podcast channels, uh, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report. Rumble.com slash the nun report. All my videos are up there. I'm on all the socials at the nun report, as you see on the bottom of the screen right there, except for X where I couldn't get the nun report. Well, actually, I had it, but it got nuked. That account got nuked. So I'm at nun report on X. And that, there you see it right there. X at nun report anyway, hey uh, thanks for again again for watching man I, I, I love it uh, get spread the word, share the videos and uh, and follow the channel anyway, um, like I said, thanks again for watching as always until next time with the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers <laughs>